Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, everybody? Dr. Andrew Fix back for another episode here on The Code. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to this episode, however you are listening to it, whether you're at home, you're at work, you're in the car, whatever that might be. Really appreciate your time being here. And uh, I'm really excited for this interview that we have lined up for you guys today. Dr. Beata Lerman is joining me, and she is a geneticist and immunologist by training. And currently, she's operating as the chief scientific officer for a uh, microgreens company called Revogreen. So, Dr. Beata, thanks so much for joining me. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Andrew. It's, uh, it's, it's a true honor. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. And um, I want to do uh, do a quick public thank you to you for all of you guys that are tuned in to listen to this. This is actually the second time we've uh, attempted to record this podcast. We had some technical difficulties the first time. And um, so I just really appreciate your time jumping on here again so that we could get this out to all the uh, all the listeners. Beata, will you do me a favor and just, you know, sort of give us a little bit better of like a background and an introduction to you? You know, where are you from? How did you get into what you're doing? I am a dual PhD, um, I'm classically trained immune oncologist, means I'm an immunologist who studied cancer and a biochemist with the specialization in genetic engineering. Don't worry, I'm not engineering our uh, microgreens, They're, they come as natural as it can be. But actually, I started on the research scientist path very early in my life. I was born in Russia and in Russia, if you show aptitude for something, they uh, have resources to really start educating you early. So I've been in the lab since I was 12 years old and I've been working in the lab, actually getting money for it since I was 14. And it was a very uh, interesting road. So I started in... uh, genetics, uh, studying how heavy metals cause mutations in cells. And then uh, as a 16-year-old, I moved to United States. And once I learned English, I started working in Texas Medical Center in uh, UT Health Science Center, Department of Microbiology and Molecular Genetics. And then I moved to Baylor College of Medicine in, in immunology. Then I went to Tel Aviv University to get my first graduate degree. And um, then I came back and I started to study cancer. And as a cancer researcher, I actually invented a new class of immunotherapy, uh, a brand new molecule. And I hold two patents on them with MD Anderson Cancer Center. And uh, as far as I know, it's being used successfully to treat patients right now. That's awesome. And, um, you know, it's pretty obvious based on the you know, the background and whatnot that you shared, that you're an extremely bright person. And now you're operating in this role as the chief scientific officer for uh, Revogreen. And I got introduced to Josh from Revogreen through a mutual friend here that uh, that lives in the Denver, Colorado area. And she connected me with him. We had a conversation. And then when I brought up the idea of 
doing this podcast, he immediately suggested that you be the one to do it. So tell us about how you got connected with with Josh and Brandon at Revel Green and how you came to take on this role as a chief scientific officer. The Revel Green's goal as a company is to improve health. And uh, my personal goal as a biomedical researcher and scientist and a consultant was also to improve health. That's why I was um, developing the immunotherapies, uh, trying to help people with cancer. Unfortunately, working the um, academic research and even pharmaceutical side of uh, biomedical field, I realized that no matter the research, no matter how many people are trying on it, the the population keeps getting sicker and sicker. Mm-hmm. And that kind of breaks my heart, uh, especially with the chronic non-infectious diseases like diabetes and heart disease and cancers. And so I realized at some point that something has to change and uh, we need to have a better approach to health. And so I started my own company that's called Sinless Treats. I make elite artisan sugar-free chocolate. And uh, with my own company, I was um, at the biotech incubator networking coffee event. And uh, I met Josh. Yeah. And we started talking. So I told him that I made this awesome sugar-free chocolate. And he said, is there a way to put microgreens into the chocolate? Yeah. And I said, sure. You just have to uh, freeze-dry them and turn them into powder. And Josh took it to heart. And so he took uh, that thought to Brandon and uh, uh later, maybe a week later, introduced me to Brandon and I started telling them how we can um, modify this product. And back then they were the raw microgreen producers. They were mm-hmm. selling a fresh microgreens at farmer's market. And we kind of pivoted the company uh, based on the fact that we wanted to extend the shelf life. We wanted to get this really awesome product to as many hands as possible. Mm-hmm. And we actually did do um, uh, microgreen infused chocolates. We first introduced it at the Future of Food Conference at South by Southwest uh, in 2022. And it took like a wildfire. People were crazy with the idea that they're eating a bar of a really high-end chocolate, but in reality, they were having a salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, that would be uh that would be awesome because of course, I don't know too many people. I mean, I I guess there's a few, but I don't know too many people that don't enjoy a nice piece of chocolate and if you're going to get some added health benefits with that, uh what's what's not to like. Um I believe you told me the last time that we had this conversation that Revel Green is quite possibly the only, they might might be that you guys might have the only company that does this but that actually uses like the microgreen portion of the, of the plants, like from the, the, you know, child version of the plant, as opposed to more of an, uh, uh, more mature plant. Is that, is that true? What is the process that you guys use at Revo Green to, to create your green supplement? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Thank you for that. Yes, we are currently, as far as I know, the only company that makes the dietary supplements based on microgreens. And uh, what we are as a company, we're fully vertically integrated, means that 
from the seed to the package product, the entire um, flow through of that development is in our hands. Uh, we have this incredible vertical farm that was designed and developed by our CEO, Brandon. Uh, he is a mechanical engineer and he's a genius in this way. It's almost entirely robotic. Uh, it has lots of sensors that is uh, calculating the health and the different stages of this plant development. We also work with the soil engineers because the soil is one of the most important things when we talk about plants. Um, you know, our vegetables in the grocery stores uh, very often depleted of nutrients because of the monocropping and there is no rotation, the soil is not repleting. So we're working with Texas A&M uh, professors, soil scientists, who uh, got us on um, this soil called regenerated soil. And this means that it's even several notches above the organic soil. This, this is the soil that contains all of this different natural organic matter, not just compost, but also the um, fungi and all of this different thing that's enriching. And of course, all of those incredible nutrients get bound up and into the seed when it's getting the seedling up. And so the microgreens is actually a third stage of the plant development. So you have the seed, the sprout, and then it's a microgreen. So it has the first two leaves. But normally, those microgreens are up to 40 times more nutrient-dense than adult version of the plant. So it has to have all of those goodness to give rise to the huge, big kale or broccoli or, you know, radish, whatnot. So it accumulates all of that before it just explodes with either the nutraceuticals or with the adult version of the plant. Yeah. So, it, you know, it sounds like you're basically just saying in that form, it packs a much more potent punch when, uh, when you utilize that. Now, just to make sure that we are all on the same page, myself and anyone else that's listening to this, what exactly is, you mentioned nutraceuticals. What exactly is a nutraceutical? Cause so I see that word thrown around. Yeah. The nutraceutical, it's an excellent question. It is a plant-based compound which is not a vitamin, mineral, or a um, uh, protein, carbohydrate, or fat. It's not a macronutrient. It's not a micronutrient. It's everything else. It's the, you know, it's, it's, it's a phytomolecules that uh, have ad additional nutritional benefits. Yeah. Aside from macro and micro. So it's not the uh, macronutrients and it's not the vitamin. Got it. Got it. Fills in the gaps there, basically. Yeah. Now, um, when was it that uh, that you guys started RevoGreen? And, and when was that that you ended up sort of joining Josh and Brandon in this in this journey? So I joined them fairly early. So we've, I met Josh uh, in January. 2022. So okay. incredible. It's been a year. Yeah. Uh, last yeah, time I had this conversation, year. it was a little under a year. Now it's a hopeful year. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been a very rewarding and interesting road 
we've, we've gone through the process of acquiring the medical grade equipment, freeze dryers, uh, filmmaking machines, you know, counters, which is um, uh, fully compliant with the FDA standards and uh, National Drug Administration standards. Mm -hmm. We've yeah. had it all inspected. We've built a factory in Houston, Texas, that is producing the microgreen supplements that host all of those uh, reagents. So we had an FDA approval on the facility. And actually, funny enough, uh, last time it hasn't happened yet, but yesterday the FDA came in to reinspect. They do uh, the surprise inspection and we've passed with just the flying colors and I've been told many times if everybody did their operations the way we do it, that those inspectors would be very, very happy people. <laughs> you make their job easy when you're just doing things the way that you should be um, and not trying to skate by. So, well, that's awesome to hear. And uh, I think this is funny because the last time we had this conversation, we started to talk about the different, you know, the different blends and the different um, line of supplements that you guys have. So I have a list here right in front of me that uh, at Revogreen, you guys actually offer nine different lines of the supplements and mm -hmm. I'll list them off, but then I would love for you to give kind of just like an overview of, of the different products that you guys offer. So the nine different Absolutely. versions that I have written here is you have an Im immunity blend, sleep, a muscle and joint, a power, allergy, focus, gut, a multivitamin and one called glow. And um, how did you guys sort of decide on like when you were making your your different versions and different compounds like to come come to the conclusion to have these nine different categories? So we were observing both uh, evidence based scientific uh, information. So clinical trials, which microgreens and uh, a microgreen or uh, adult plant powder showed a very potent um, result in actual diseases in formal FDA approved clinical trials. And we also were monitoring what our customers were telling us, uh, the improvements and health results that they've seen in their body. And we were kind of cross-referencing that with what was already published in the scientific literature. So, um, as a, uh, as a chief scientific officer, uh, my, my, my role is to make sure that everything we do is science-based, that there is clear and strong evidence and that those evidence are untamed, like it's unbiased in any way. So I, every day I go through the new trials. I, I read through, um, number of articles, which can, sum up pretty quickly to hundreds of articles and um, we um, try to apply it to the blends for example my favorite blend is immunity mm -hmm. and uh, you know it, it's the one that you feel the least but does the most so those are broccoli microgreens and broccoli microgreens are among the most well-researched microgreens in science there is over 97 clinical trials they've been used them and Broccoli microgreens have this compound called sulforaphane, which has been shown in, um, in, in research to be a very potent anti-inflammatory agent. It's a very strong antioxidant. 
It shows uh, some promising results in cancer treatments. It shows promising results as a um, anti-neural inflammation. So it, it, it was even successfully, successfully tried um, in um, autism clinical trial. Mm. And you can all find it on clinicaltrial.gov. It's a public information. You would just put broccoli green extract and a condition and it will give you the number of trials. But for example, that, that molecule sulforaphane, it cannot be activated in our body. So it's not readily bioavailable without an enzyme that occurs in spicy vegetables like radishes or mustard. And that enzyme is called merosinase. And merosinase essentially cuts sulforaphane in a way that it becomes bioavailable that we can uh, achieve the maximal benefit for our health. Yep. And so the very interesting part of it is we very usually uh, we very often get asked so you guys freeze dry your microgreens and then you turn it into powder doesn't it kind of destroy all of those plant goodness yeah. and the answer surprisingly is no because when we consume plants we can absorb a very small amount of nutrients because our body cannot break down cellulose. It basically is a fiber. It does a lot of good, but it basically enters and exits unchanged. Mm. When you form crystals inside of the plant cells that is sharp and it's breaking, shredding that cells apart, actually what it does, it makes it a lot more available to us uh. and we can retain a lot more of those phytochemicals and those fibers and, and things like that. And so uh, there is a very prominent researcher in the uh, in, in, in this in this world, um, in, in the world of microgreens. Her name is Dr. Rhonda Patrick, and she is brilliant. I'd love to have a conversation with her um, one day. So I think we'll be reaching out to her shortly. But she was actually the one who pioneered that research and actually looked at the bioavailability of different microgreens with different ways of processing. Mm -hmm. And what we aim for is we want to minimally process something to get the maximum amount of nature, but which would bring the maximum amount of benefit as well. Yeah. And I love that you kind of went, um, went down that bioavailability kind of discussion because you know, I think that's something that's particularly important, no matter what you're talking about, taking into your body and eating or or drinking is, you know, you're not exactly, you know, that old saying, you are what you eat. Well, you are what you're actually able to absorb, right? Like exactly. if you if you can't use it and your body can't utilize it, then that's just going to pass through largely unchanged. So um, I've heard that similar thing, like you said, with the freeze drying and that kind of breaks the molecule up a little bit and makes it more bioavailable. You hear the same thing about some different foods about a slight cooking process mm -hmm. creates a very similar aspect. Um, now, before we start maybe going, uh, going down the, the path of the conversation of, you know, what separates Revo green from some of the other uh, microgreen or greens supplements out there. Uh, I remember one of the conversations we had last time on this uh, recording was, and you started this conversation by going into the discussion on like regenerative uh, agriculture and the soil and everything. But, you know, why do we as humans, why do we even need a supplement like this in the first place? And we sort of started to talk about, you know, our dietary system and our food system here in the United States and how, 
you know, how we are lacking a lot of the vitamins and nutrients that we should be getting with the standard diet that most people consume. So, you know, what do you think the real, like, where are we missing the boat there? Basically, like, what's the problem that we're trying to fill some of those voids with a solution like this? So, um, I, in my opinion, observing health over the last 23 years, the, um, the food industry is very broken. And it was kind of over the last 23 years that I've been uh, practicing um, biomedical research in different capacities. I kind of seen it going from good, uh, from bad to worse, um, maybe from good to bad to worse. Back in the 90s, it was quite okay. Um, but uh, what I feel is happening is um, we're trying to optimize the production to get the maximum amount of crops, maximum amount of yield without really thinking about the quality of the product. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we consume food out of the um, supermarket, you know, their primary concern is to avoid spoilage, to keep, you know, a product on the shelf for as long as possible, looking its best. You know, uh, the apples have to be perfect without any blemishes. And in reality, this is not natural. Yeah. The natural thing that all of the... um the really beneficial things comes from plants that are stressed. So you can draw the analogy with the wine. For example, um, there there is a compound that is uh, very popular in longevity community right now called resveratrol, which is found in the red wine. And in a small um, doses, it actually supports longevity and usefulness Mm -hmm. and energy levels, including the cellular metabolic energy. And um, the only way you can maximize the amount of resveratrol in wine is before you harvest it, uh, the farmers basically stop, um, stop watering it and they put some um, like fungal um, infection onto the, on, onto the grapes. Yeah. And the grapes get stressed. And in order to fight all of it, it starts creating that compound Mm-hmm. which is called um, resveratrol, which is activating the longevity genes in us humans. So it's actually a good thing when the plant is stressed. Yeah. However, like if we talk about technology like hydroponics, this is a different kind of stress. Hydroponics is putting a lot of chemicals into a water mm-hmm. to make the plant grow. And the argument, I think, from the um, growers and agric- big agriculture is, but you know, you don't use the soil and, but, but you know, if you don't use the soil, what kind of elements, what kind of building blocks is in that hydroponic plant? Like it's, yeah. it's lacking. And the same is with the soil. If we don't rotate crops, if for example, we don't switch between legumes to like grains to something else, when legumes put a lot of nitrogen back into the soil, it's enriching it to get its quality back up. We just take all of those micronutrients that were there before, but there is nothing to put it back. Mm -hmm. So when we formulate our soil, we make sure that everything that is supposed to be in the highest quality, like black soils, 
is there. So there is like the fungal mycelia, there is um there is compost that's you know organic matter being re recycled back mm-hmm. for its nutritional content. Yeah. That uh you know it's it's basically enriched but it's enriched naturally not with like external nitrates and chemicals it's yep. from the products that came from the soil yeah it's supposed yeah. to come from the soil yeah and all of that stuff that you're talking about we just we just can't get with this like ultra processed highly processed type of diet that a lot of people eat and um i know one of the arguments that i hear sometimes is that it's too expensive to eat healthy and i was having a conversation actually um, in the clinic with a client yesterday. And the thing that I like to talk to people about is, you know, I think something being expensive or not in finances, first of all, it's all relative to the to the person. But I think you're off, often left with a choice between either choose, making the choice to pay for your health and wellness and longevity or being forced with the situation where you have to pay bills for your sickness and your disease later in life, or even currently in life might not even be later. But um, because what we tend to find, right, is the people that do a better job taking care of themselves, living a very healthy life, uh, generally speaking, are going to spend less money on medications and medical bills and hospital time and anything like that. And of course, there's um, exceptions to that when people have situations that come up. But I would expect that you would say basically the same thing. Uh, I think uh, you you nailed it on the head, but I want to uh, bring up one more point which you didn't mention, and that's quality of life. Mm -hmm. You can invest in good nutrition and have the energy because what is metabolism? Metabolism is the rate of conversion of the food into chemical energy for ourselves and if uh, we don't have that process at the optimal rate at the optimal level our cells start dying they start starving they don't have the energy um, that they need to function and we get fatigued and we get you know foggy brain and we get weak as far as muscles and joints and you know, we, we can't run anymore. All we can do is sit. Like, I think people need to think of themselves with the quality of life that they enjoy doing and say, would I be satisfied if I did not invest in myself through great nutrition? Yeah. And I would, you know, suffer those ailments and I would have to get the medications and I would have to... um tolerate the side effects of those medications, which would further affect the quality of life? Mm -hmm. Or am I willing to pay a little more for a high quality product, which can be also protective of health and overall well-being, and I would stay in my quality years for that much longer? Yeah. 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 And I'm glad you brought that up because you're absolutely right hit the nail hit the nail on the head that um and i think most of the people listening to this show are probably the variety that would prefer quality 
in, in whatever we're talking about, whether it's a product that they buy, whether it's their life, whether it's um, the services that they receive in, in our office at Physio Room compared to many of the other physical therapy practices out there. Uh, we have this quality over quantity discussion uh, all the time. So um, speaking of quality over quantity, uh, somebody listening to this might be thinking to themselves, okay, I see advertisements all the time for green supplements from, you know, various different uh, companies or organizations. And, you know, what's the difference between RevoGreen versus some of the other greens, powders or supplements that are out there on the market and available today? So that's an excellent question. And, um, you know, when I go and I look at supplements for myself, and, you know, I, for, for me, the motto of my life is, uh, preventative healthcare all the way. If I can avoid uh, being a patient of the medical system, I would. And so uh, when I choose supplements, I really look at the source of the compound. First of all, uh, how are we different? A lot of the supplements that you find on the store shelves right now mm -hmm. are um, synthetic version of the compound that they're selling us to do. And there is actually a growing body of research that shows that synthetic version is a lot less absorb absorbable and bioavailable to the body than the natural uh, compounds that are growing. Our body were not designed to uh, really benefit from this confirmation or, you know, this chemical uh, formula. It's, uh, we're evolved in nature. And the evolution is such that we draw the most benefit from something that is a lot less processed and a lot less artificial than a lot of things that are, are in there right now. Mm -hmm. In addition, um, right now there is such thing as uh, pharmaceutical grade supplements, which is a very, very high standards of making the supplement. Basically, the definition of this pharmaceutical grade supplement is it has to be 99% or more percent pure mm -hmm. and um, it has to be a um, certain percentage of bioavailability. And so uh, there are supplement companies that are, go out of their way, as included. Um, as I said, I just had the inspection yesterday who will not put fillers into the pills. It means that we have labs that verify that the, um, that, that, that the content of the supplement is about 99% what we say it is on yeah. the bottle. And very often, more often than not, it's uh, for commercially available non-pharmaceutical grade supplements, it's mostly fillers, it's cellulose, it's calcium carbonate, it's all of these other things with the minuscule amount of the compound that they say is there. So if you overlay that to them being synthetic and very scarcely bioavailable, then more often than not, you don't draw any um, health benefit from a supplement like that. Mm. So we're different in the way that we we do it minimally processed. We base it on science that you know the 
formation of ice crystals and drying is actually increasing bioavailability. We don't put any fillers. Basically, we take the whole freeze-dried microgreen powder, we put it into a pharmaceutical-grade machines, and it packs those pills for us. Basically, yeah, I, the entire goodness goes exactly to the consumer. Well, yeah, and I think that's uh, compared to a lot of the other products that I see that are marketed, you know, as greens. Uh, your guys is one of the one of the first, if not the only one that I've seen kind of in more of a capsule form. You know, you see a lot of those things, like you said, in powders and canisters that you use a scooper. And uh, unfortunately, like you mentioned, a lot of what's in that container is often just those filler products and not the actual goodness that you're trying to get. But when I open up your guys's, I guess we'll call it a jar, and you twist the lid off, you just see the capsules with with the greens in there. So is that why, like this conversation that we're having, is that why you guys decided to make it in that format as opposed to, you know, grinding it down into a powder or something like that? So that's an excellent question. Actually, uh, that's not the reason. Well, well, it's partially the reason why. The thing is, when you don't dilute very highly potent plants, mm -hmm they are not pleasant in taste like for example we use a lot of radishes we use mustard uh, mustard is a great uh, supplement for sleep but if you just got it as a scoop and put it in your food it would actually burn you it would it would uh it would not be pleasant uh through the gi tract it, it, it would not be palatable yeah and so it's much easier to um put it into the uh, pill form, and we use the very natural, um, non-animal product base. I think our uh, capsules are uh, made from seaweeds, mm -hmm. actually. So it's it, it's an excellent product on, on itself. But yeah, we want to protect the quality of experience as well as deliver the right amount of nutrients. And in reality, dosage matters too. So um, we are the first company that is uh, using microgreens as a supplement uh, instead of the full-grown version of the plant. Full-grown version has, mu it's much more diluted when we talk about those flavonoids and nutraceuticals and things like that. Yeah. We're talking about 40 times more concentrated. So you can overdose, well, people could technically if they would just get a scoop and dump it inside their smoothie or something else yeah yeah well and you know you already started to to talk about why um one of the questions i think i remembered asking you last time was you know why why should somebody consider taking microgreens versus other types of vitamins you walk into any grocery store you see shelves full of different brands different supplements and I think the main point that you just made now and that you made last time is just the difference of our body's ability to absorb and have the bioavailability of something that is pure and natural compared to something that's synthetically made um, in, in you know, a pill form where it mostly just passes through your body without actually yeah. being used and absorbed. Yeah, so it's it, it, you're right. It's, it's a lot more absorbable and uh, it comes with in a, in, in a different um biochemical confirmations that our body can use 
versus it's coming from the lab in a single confirmation that was convenient to make. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of times what is best for us is not always convenient and and that's okay because you talked about stress and when plants have a little bit of stress, that can actually be a good thing. You know, I think the, well, I shouldn't say I think, I know the same is true for, for humans, right? If you you really want to see things continue to progress and unfold and improve, there has to be a little bit of stress, a little bit of good stress to push you, you know, out of your comfort zone or whatever that is to continue to evolve and change in that positive, positive direction. I mean, absolutely. And um, it's there is a uh, a lot of research being done right now that says that living in absolute comfort is actually more of the detriment mm -hmm. than uh, an advantage for any living organism, including humans. And we do need the physiological stress uh, yeah. means that sometimes being cold, sometimes being hungry, mm -hmm. like having less meals that activates that longevity pathways that uh, turns on different genetic circuitry that keeps us going that, oh, we are like, we're lacking resources right now. We need to hunker down or, okay, now the resources are abundant. Now we're in the growth stage. So it's, it's absolutely very important to, this is why people do, you know, uh, high intensity interval trainings. Yep. They give a little bit of that stress to start a lot of physiological processes that are very, very important for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've had, you know, a couple episodes on this podcast and I know there'll be more sort of on that topic. We've had one on, you know, exposing yourself to cold temperatures, exposing yourself to heat. One that we haven't really talked about that I kind of want to ask you about and how that might relate to these supplements. Um, I think we will get into this more on this show, but is this sort of topic of intermittent fasting? So do you guys, do you know if you have any customers or consumers right now who regularly participate in some sort of a fasting protocol? And do you recommend that they continue to take, like take these supplements, for example, if they're on a day where they're doing a fast or if it's a morning where they're doing a fast? Or do you generally recommend that these be consumed, you know, with food or something like that? You know, I see a significant difference between the products that Rebel Green makes compared to, you know, some of the other supplements and vitamins and things out there. When when Josh, you know, one of the owners of the business sent sent these to me so that I could try them, uh, I noticed that, you know, they're labeled very clearly. They come in a nice glass jar that's dark and blocks a lot of light as opposed to, you know, something that's plastic that you see out there most of the time. And um, in each of those bottles and boxes that you guys have has clear directions on there of like how many to take, when when you would recommend taking them. But um, but yeah, back to that question. Do you guys typically recommend that these supplements be taken with food, without food? Um, you know, how are we going to best be able to utilize these things? So I would be happy to answer your question because I do intermittent fasting. Um, I do um, twenty four, mm -hmm. so twenty hours fasting, four hours eating window. These uh, our microgreen supplements do not have nutritional value. Meaning that if you consume that while you're fasting in the morning, it will not knock you out of your fast. Mm -hmm. So you actually need about, I think, 60 calories, if I'm not mistaken, to uh, 
to really be knocked out of the fasting stage. Um, and I think um, this is a protocol of another very prominent scientist, David Sinclair. He is on also on intermediate fasting. He is a longevity expert. And I think he is even on one meal a day type of thing. But he does take dietary supplements. And another thing he does, he takes it with like two teaspoons of yogurt or kefir. Because plant-based supplements, they are not very well dissolvable in water. And this is true uh, no matter what they are, whether you're taking turmeric or it's uh, maca root or it's microgreens or it's athletic greens. That doesn't, it doesn't matter that the, the, um, the brand or the source. Uh, the plant-based supplements are not very well dissolvable in water. Mm-hmm. And uh, to get to, to really maximize the absorption and the availability of it, uh, it's recommended to take with a little bit of something fatty. That means uh, yogurt or kefir or a tiny bit, uh, like a teaspoon of um, extra virgin olive oil, cold mm-hmm. pressed. And all evidence points to the fact that in those amounts, so a couple of spoons of kefir, a couple of spoons of yogurt, still does, do not affect the fasting regimen. And so I can attest to that. I, I take my uh, microgreen supplements in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually I do uh, two immunities, uh, one focus, and uh, two muscle and joints. That's, that's my personal regimen. And I chase it with like, a couple of sips of kefir and I'm good until like 2 p.m. when I have my first meal. Got it. Got it. Well, thanks for going going a little bit more detailed on that because uh, I think that's, you know, one of the things that a lot of times people will take supplements, uh, but maybe they do, maybe they don't exactly follow rec- what the recommendations are on when you should take it, what you should take it with so that it can have its, you know, most maximum possible effect. So you know, if someone's going to be taking these, we definitely want to make sure they're getting the best, best out of it. Yeah. So if someone decides to purchase supplements from you guys at Revogreen, do you think like in terms of a, you know, like a supplement or whatnot regimen, would there be any need if they were using the supplements that you guys create at Revogreen, would there be any need to take some of the other supplements out there? I know a lot of things like vitamin D, vitamin C, fish oil, whatnot are really popular um what what would you say in terms of that like would this be a complete kind of uh regimen or would you recommend for most people still adding in a couple of the other things that are popular out there that's a fantastic question and in reality microgreen supplements are not complete regimen and the reason for that uh is for example uh vitamin d we still call it a vitamin but in reality it's actually a hormone it's not made by plants Vitamin D is made in the animal body, in the human body, by our melanocytes and our liver cells. And it cannot come from anywhere else other than supplementation or consuming the products such as, you know, beef or chicken livers and, you know, exposing yourself to some. But who has the time, right? And so uh, when we talk about those uh, animal-based molecule like the DHA, the omega-3s, that's uh, really great 
bioavailable form coming from fish oils, when we talk about vitamin D, when we talk about some other, you know, uh, animal-based necessary um, amino acids, it still has to be either taken as additional supplements or uh, consumed with the diet. Uh, When we talk about microgreens, as any green, it it gives those plant um, flavonoids, um, different alkaloids, different things that can be beneficial as far as, you know, lowering inflammation, lowering blood sugar, um, all of the other benefits that has been researched and attributed to plants and the necessity of having plants in our diet but it's it's a balance and we still need to have a complete um diet Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people do not eat enough green vegetables they don't eat enough leafy greens i think the cbc published the statistics that only about 12% 12% of Americans consume the recommended amount of vegetables. And that's including the vegetables that are not good for health. And it's even less when we talk about leafy greens. It's, it's, it's at around 7%. Yeah, it's, it's bad. People don't like to eat salads. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and we're paying the price with all these different GI uh, ailments and other things. Yeah. So the niche that we feel is you can eat a lot less, you can consume a lot less microgreens to get the equivalent um, benefit of eating like a bowl full of broccoli. But at the same time, it does not replace some of the other necessary uh, nutrients that we have to get with our food. Awesome, awesome! Thanks for uh, thanks for explaining that because you know I think we have people that are listening to this show that are interested in you know kind of trying to optimize things. Whether you know whether we have somebody who may have a situation that they're trying to improve because things are are not feeling and going the way that they want, or we have people that you know quite frankly might feel very good and totally normal, but they just want to continue to do all of the things that they know can uh, can be shown to scientifically like help them continue to biohack and optimize things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, my, myself being one of those people. So I think that's a big, that's actually one of my big motivations sort of towards towards doing this show is to continue to try to gather information from experts like yourself and try to get that out to more and more and more people so that we can all benefit even more from it. Beata, what are we, if there's anything that comes to mind, what are we missing? Are we missing anything that we maybe touched on last time that we haven't caught back up to this time or anything that, you know, maybe I didn't ask you that you think would be really valuable to expand upon as far as Revogreen or microgreens or any of these topics are considered? It's a good question. I can't think of anything right now, but if we talk about general wellness, Last time you asked me what can be the two things that oh, people can do. You're right. You're right. In order I have, to, <laughs> I have that written in, down. In right order here. to improve their health, and I and I said that e- eating more greens, eating more balanced diet, and like having more rest, sleeping more. Yeah. And I remember saying that even if it's a incremental change, even if you say 
okay, from now on, I'm, I'm like, I used to go to bed at 1 a.m. and now I'm going to be going to bed at 12.30. That's already going to do and make a profound difference in the way people would feel because the uh, hormones would be different. Yeah. The different metabolites would be different. Just that extra 30 minutes of sleep for us chronically undersleep nation would actually do a lot of good. Absolutely. Well, and as you guys that are listening to this know, this show the show is called The Code, A Guide to Health and Human Performance. So as you just heard, Beata's code or her recommendation of like two huge things that she would suggest to try and improve your health and human performance is get more sleep and eat more leafy greens. And, you know, we have, I think, two episodes as of the recording of this here in early January of 2023, two particular episodes on the topic of sleep. And, you know, one of the best things you can do, which is kind of exactly like you just mentioned, is try to set a consistent schedule, right? The more you can get into a routine all days of the week, not just, you know, the five weekdays and, and then this goes haywire on the weekends, but the more that you can try to set a consistent sleep and wake time, the better your quality of sleep and your body's regimen kind of routine that you can get into. So, so yeah, and I suggest the same as you, like don't try to make some massive change that is really hard to stick to. Start with something incremental, start with something small. When that becomes a habit that you're able to stick to, then maybe go for a little bit more and go for a little bit more so that you're able to continue to see see the benefits going forward. So one other thing that I want, want to give you the opportunity, Beata, to touch on is last time we talked, you mentioned that Revogreen has a, uh, I believe you said it was like a resource library or something where people can go and find a lot of articles, research, things that you guys have um, like on your website or something like that. So um, we are building th those resources. Actually, uh, we are thinking about making uh, a series of short videos, mm -hmm. uh, both about the product and how to take it and what it does, but also about general uh, topics of health. Yeah, we are uh, rebuilding the website, and uh, we're currently um, building in those uh, those databases and resources into the new site. Yeah. Um, Right now, we uh, do a lot of education with the functional medicine doctors, with the chiropractors, with the naturopathic practitioners. Mm -hmm. And I do uh, write a lot of analysis and um, observational summary papers to get uh, the medical professional more information. But I would think in about three months' time, we should have a fair enough number of articles we do have a blog on the rebel green website right now that uh we touch on a lot of those things that we've talked in this podcast about mm -hmm. bioavailability about pharmaceutical grade supplements about what are the microgreens and uh how to take them and what are, what can they help with so that 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 resource that exists so if uh your listeners are more interested to find out more uh, they can go on uh, revagreen.co, revagreen.co. And um, if you go to blogs, you'll find that resource library there. Awesome. We will be sure, I'll be sure to 
include that in the show notes, um, even though it's pretty easy for you guys, Revel, revelgreen.co, but we'll include that in the show notes. You can easily just click on that and visit that blog, visit that website and check things out. And then what I also want to encourage you is to, to be on the lookout for, for a link to Revel Green through our practice here, Physio Room, so that you can get those things and so that you can try these supplements, put them in your body and see how, see if you don't notice some of the benefits as well. Beata, aside from the website, are there any other ways, whether this is, you know, social media or anything like that, that uh, people can get a hold of you guys at Revel Green? Absolutely. So we have both uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram page. You can just search for Revagreen. Yep. And uh, you can ask your naturopathic practitioner, your chiropractor, if they have it in stock. And if they don't, uh, we encourage them to reach out to us and uh, talk to us and get educated about how microgreens can help reach more people and improve more lives. And we actually have a very exciting lineup for new products that will be coming out this year. We're going to do our first commercially available microgreen chocolate, mm-hmm. and it's going to be for sleep. Love it. And so uh, it's going to be a perfect silky milk chocolate, sugar-free, with uh, the, the sleep blend microgreens that uh, people can eat right before bed without any detriment to their health. And it would just help them to relax and have a higher quality sleep if um, your listeners would want a guilt-free dessert before before going to bed. Yeah. And uh, not to speak for them, but I, th- I think they would. I think I would. I think a lot of people would. So that sounds awesome. So stay on the lookout for that, you guys. And um, I just want to, again, thank you all for tuning in to listen to this episode here on The Code. Dr. Beata, thank you for uh, for joining me. And uh, if you guys found something valuable in this episode, I would love if you took the opportunity. So go ahead and tell us that. Go ahead, hop on whatever podcast platform you are on, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it, and drop a review there on the podcast so that we can help this get out to even more and more people. And then if there are topics that uh, you haven't heard that you would like to learn more about, please write those things in there too, so that we can try and get get some episodes out on those things that are really interesting to you guys. So again, Beata, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. I hope you have an awesome, awesome rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, if your, uh, if your listeners do have additional questions, uh, feel free to share my uh, email address and they can reach out to me directly with any questions. Oh, okay. I'm happy to awesome. be a resource. Awesome. Thank you for the offer for that. We'll put that in the show notes too. And uh, I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day and we'll catch you next time here on The Code. Bye-bye.